Well, good morning, church. My name is Jordan Halstead. I am the student ministries pastor here at Chartel. Some of you guys know me. Um, I've had some time to get to know you, but this week we celebrated two years here at Chartel with you guys. So I want to celebrate that with you guys a little bit. Um, you guys have put up with us for two years. You guys have loved on us. You have spent the time getting to know us. Um, and, you know, I want to take a moment and, and recognize that while we've been here two years, we haven't got to know a whole lot of you guys more intimately. We haven't got to, to have dinners with you guys yet. We haven't had a whole lot of time. I've, I've really been focusing on our students. I spend a lot of time with them. And so I want you to get to know me a little bit because if we're going to be able to have conversations, I have to tear down some walls so that way you get to know me. That way you can be like, hey, we have this in common. Hey, we can talk about this. Or hey, I know you a little bit more. I feel comfortable talking with you. So I was born and raised in the Church of God, Anderson, Indiana. Um, so this, this movement, um, this is what I've known my whole life. I was born here in Oklahoma City when my dad, Jeremy, which some of you guys might know from your days at MACU, um, he was here, he graduated, and we moved our family to Ohio. I ended up spending 26 years there. Um, and in that time, I graduated from high school, went to Ohio Christian University to major in youth ministry. So this is what I wanted to do with my life. I actually majored in it. Um, while I was at Ohio Christian University, I met my beautiful wife. Um, and so if you guys will throw that picture up for us, we also have a beautiful little redhead um, monster. I mean, child, right? <laughs> Um, no, Ollie is fantastic. He is about three and a half years old, and picking up from Ohio, a place where you spend most of your life, to coming out here, it was, it was kind of scary, but you guys opened your arms, opened your homes, opened conversations for us to feel loved, to feel welcome here. So, Chartel, thank you so much, and for those of you who are online, thank you for praying with us through the journey and seeing us grow here. So why am I telling you all of this? Well, I want you to get to know me. And isn't that what we all want? We want to be known. In our innermost being, we want someone to know us. We want people to be our friends. We want people to, to truly be there with us. And that's what today's sermon is going to be about. How God knows us and wants us to know him. Starting in scripture, we're going to read Psalms 139, starting at verse 1. It says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. David starts this psalm with, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. This specific word in the Hebrew language, know, is yada. There are multiple words, um, different inflections, but this one is yada. And if you know your Hebrew, You'll be able to know this one with me. But if you don't, yada means to know intimately. It means that God doesn't just know you. God knows you. God doesn't just see you and, and say, oh, 
there's Jordan. There's whoever you are. Fill your name in. No, he knows your innermost thoughts, your deepest desires. That's the God that, it, that he's speaking of. Now, let's take a minute. How many of you guys know me? Anybody? Anybody in here know me? I see more hands than in first service. Okay. So, some of you guys know me. Some of you guys might be able to tell me what my favorite color is, how long Katie and I have been married. And a few of you guys definitely can do that. But how many of you guys can tell me, what's my greatest fear? What's my deepest desire? What is my biggest dream? How many of us can say that about really anybody? How, how well do we know everybody? Can we say that about our, our spouse, our parents, our child, our best friend, whoever it is? How, how can we say that? Well, you know, God knows you like no one else does. There's a God out there that just knows us completely. Some of you here don't know that I struggle with insecurity. I felt deep woundedness in my life. Some of you guys don't know this, but Katie and I struggle with infertility. And it's not just my story. And it's not just our story. We share that with all of you. There are some of you in this room that feel like a face in the crowd, feel like we don't add up. Some of us, we can't have kids. Some of us struggle to have kids. We share that. And while I don't know your story, and those of you who are online, I don't know you yet. And I may never know you. Just know that there is a God who does. In the beginning of Scripture, there is this, this beautiful moment. Um, Genesis chapter 1. God creates the heavens and the earth. God creates the sea, the sky, the land. God creates day and night, animals and plants. But there's a few verses down this moment where God creates man. And God doesn't just create man with his words. He doesn't speak us into existence. He says, let us make them in our image. Let us form them. So he takes the dirt and he, he, he makes it in his own hands. He forms the body and then breathes life. And some translations talk about he kisses the breath of life. He knows you guys. He takes the time. The God we read about in scripture isn't just some being who created us and led us on our way. He didn't say, all right, you guys just figure it out. No, God loves you and he knows you and he wants to make an investment in your life. God is there through the good and the bad, those stressful times. God is there and he knows every moment. He understands your pain. He understands your struggles. And what's cool is knowing that he's never gonna leave you nor forsake you. Why? Because he loves you. No one will love you like God will. Come on, guys. You need to hear this. My students hear me say this all the time. I try to slip it in every chance I get. Three words. You are 
loved. There is a God who created you, but he doesn't just leave you there. He doesn't just forget about you. He loves you. He's intent on loving you. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, Jordan, how could God love me? How do you know that he loves me? I know this because the scripture talks about a God who sent his one and only son to die on a cross, to be resurrected, to redeem us, to restore us, to have a relationship with us. There's a a void in our lives when we don't have God, a void that we try to fill in with the love of parents that desire for a significant other, for our friends, for authority figures to look on us and smile and say, good, yeah, you're doing great. We yearn for that. We're trying to fill a void that just can't be filled by man. But there's a God who loves you so much that his love can fill that void. And he is the only one who can. A few years ago, I was on Facebook and and our neighbor, uh, Barb, she had posted this Facebook post. She just shared it. It was something that had gone viral. And I, I thought it was great. Late last night, Miles went on and on about how he had to be twins with a boy in his class for twin day because they look exactly the same. Same eyes, same hair. He was adamant that they were identical. So after the kids went to bed, I headed to Walmart at 9 p.m. for matching outfits. Their teacher sent me this picture today. My heart melted. Obviously two very different children, but Miles didn't see that. Wouldn't the world be such a better place if we could all view it through the eyes of a couple of five-year-olds? And that resonated with me. How awesome would it be able to be if we could love like we were five again? Not see the color of our skin, not to see deformities, not to see that we look different or we act different, but to see each other as we are and say, hey, come have lunch with me. Hey, I want to talk with you. My kid says that to me all the time. Hey, I want to talk to you. To love like that, to hold no bounds. And you know what? There's a God who loves you just like that. Just as you are, God loves you. And he loves every single one of us. When you feel alone and unwanted, God loves you. When you feel like you don't measure up, God still loves you. And when you feel like how on earth could the God of creation love this? I promise you, he's loved you then, he loves you now, and he will always love you. My dad told me as I was growing up, life isn't going to be easy. How many of us have heard that one, right? Yeah, we a lot of hands. How many of us have said that one? <laughs> I think about that, and I think about how life isn't always easy, but we have to make every day count. We have to be willing to go the extra mile. Some of us are facing things like cancer, other illnesses. Some of us are facing loss, tragedy, daily pains. 
There's a few of us in this room that might be facing death. But we're not in it alone. Because the God who knows us and the God who loves us is the God that is with us. David continues this psalm with verse 7. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. No matter what happens in this life, know this. No one will stay with you like God will. How many of us here today might have been through a point in life where you felt like someone who's been with you through a lot, who should have been there, wasn't? We've, we've been there. Katie and I, a few years ago, we were in a situation where we felt that we were doing fine. There's no reason that things should have gone south like they did. And if they were to go south, to have someone have our backs. But they didn't. And we got hurt. And in those following months, in this season of life where it hurt us, we started to see things fall apart even more. We had a family member who committed suicide. Ollie, this beautiful one-year-old at the time, had an unexpected surgery pop up. And I didn't have a job. I was without income for almost four months, like a steady income. But you know what didn't leave us? That relationship with God, that daily moment where God walked with us. My prayer life grew exponentially. The times that I, I felt like I couldn't breathe because what, what's, we were waiting for the ball drop. What's going to happen next? I felt peace because I knew that whatever happened, God was with us. We were in a moment of life that our support system we felt was gone, that we felt like we were drowning. And I'm going to be real with you guys. I struggle with something called anxiety. It's crippling sometimes. If you know what anxiety is in your own life, if you know what it is in someone else's life, you know that there's moments where there's uncontrollable crying. There's deep and, and a lot of breathing. And you have to try and figure these things out. But God was with us in that season. God helped us get through it. And though I saw just darkness in a tunnel, God was there with me. He was the light walking beside me every step. Now let's take a moment and really be real with each other. Can you guys do that with me? We've all felt that feeling of loneliness, right? Having someone leave us either unintentionally, intentionally, that hurt. Maybe it's people we thought would always be there and they just, we did something and they walked away. Maybe we didn't meet an expectation, but someone else did and they grew closer to that person over time. There are seasons in life 
And in those seasons, people are there for us, and sometimes they're not. Maybe there was that person that you felt like you needed to be there with you, and they weren't because they had died. It's that peace that always happens in life. It's the one guarantee is that all of us who live will die one day. Our bodies will be no more. And though some people may have left you, I need you to hear this, church. There is a God who loves you and knows you. He's never gonna leave you. And though you think that, you know, nobody is there for the, forever with me, Jordan, I promise you God is. Even when you don't see him, he's still there. Psalms 23, 4 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Let me give you one more thought. No one can help you know you like God can. I need you to remember this, church. I need you to pay attention to this because while you may some days feel like a number, you may feel like a face in the crowd, I promise you, God knows you by name. And you know what? God's not just looking at the outside. He's looking inwards. He knows you by name. He knows the contents of your heart. In the Old Testament, there's this, this really cool story. And Samuel and God are having a conversation where God tells Samuel, you need to go and anoint the next king of Israel. Some of you guys might know this story. So Samuel goes to Jesse's house. And he comes to Jesse and says, do you have any sons? And he's like, yeah, I've got lots of sons. And he says, bring your oldest out. And this tall, strapping young man walks out and he says, surely this must be the next king of Israel. What did God say, church? No. And then it goes down the line of each brother until none of the brothers are left in the house. They're, they're, they're just, he's like, do you have any more sons? And Jesse's like, yeah, I've got one out in the field. Let, let me, if you'll hang out here for a little bit, I'll get my sons to go get him. And David walks in little shepherd boy. And God says, this is the next king of Israel. God took a shepherd boy to become king. But that shepherd boy was a man after God's own heart. God sees through it when we put on a mask, when we try to have it all put together, right? God knows us and he sees us as worthy of his love. And he wants you to see that too. I am so guilty of looking in the mirror and seeing my faults and failures, of seeing myself as not good enough. I woke up a couple days ago and I said, God, I'm not worthy to preach on this stage. I don't see it in me oftentimes. So I put on a mask. I try to pretend like I'm put together. I try to pretend like when you look at me, you say, oh, he's got his ducks in a row. Jordan, Jordan's good. But I deal with that. And God, praise God, does not look at that. He doesn't look at the mask. He doesn't look at this outward appearance of what I'm trying to convey to everybody. 
He knows that I sin. He knows that I fall short. But he sees me as loved, cherished, adored. And if the God who creates things with a word creates these beautiful things like mountaintops, the beautiful fields, the oceans, and I can sit in awe and think these are absolutely gorgeous, beautiful things that I want to just stare at and breathe in and soak in, why can I not look at the mirror and see the same thing when I look at myself? And how many of us can relate to that? How many of us in here can say, I don't see myself in the image of God? I promise you, that's how you were created. Why can't I see myself the way that God sees me? When you are hurting, God knows. When you are tired of things going wrong, God knows. When you feel like you can't breathe or take another step, God knows. And when you sit back and you feel like you've been stretched to your breaking point, God knows. But you need to know that you're not in it alone. David wrote this psalm about the God that he knew. He knew that God created him, that he knows him, that he loves him, that he's never going to leave him. And what amazes me is that as he explains who he knows God is, he takes these last two verse, verses and says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God knows you, whoever you are, wherever you are. In your journey of faith, God knows you and you need to know this. He loves you. And maybe you're asking, well, Pastor Jordan, how much does God love me? He sent his one and only son to be up on the cross and say this, I love you this much. And today, as we close our service out, we're going to remember that love that God has for us we're going to share together in the communion elements. I want to invite you right now to take your communion elements out, rip off the paper, and just hold them in your hand for a moment. I want you to close your eyes with me and think this thought. God knows everything there is to know about me, and he loves me so much that he sent his one and only Son. Now this morning, if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to open your heart and just let the grace of God pour into you. When we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. Right now, God can take that man or woman that you've been and turn you into something brand new. And if you've already made that commitment 
and you've already received Christ, then I just want you to take a moment and bask in the knowing that God knows you. He knows what you're going through right now. And he's right there for you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to walk away. And he's there to help you. This morning, just spend a few moments in worship and loving on God in the way that he has loved you. God, thank you for hearing us when we call. Thank you for knowing us and loving us. God, for those who are out here in person, online, that need a special touch, just to remind them that you are there, I ask that you just lay your hand on them. Embrace them. God, thank you so much for knowing us through all the good and the bad. Lord, I just ask a special blessing over each one that hears this today that we just get to know you more, that we desire and hunger to know you more. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And everyone said...